2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 through, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 3 through 15. And it says, <clears throat> first of all, know, and, and amplified by, without any doubt, that mockers, those who make fun of you, ridicule you for your belief, mockers will come in the last days with their mocking, following after their own human desires, all right? So the scripture's saying that no, without a doubt, that mockers, those who are gonna make fun of you, those who are gonna, you know, say that what you believe is not real. Anybody experienced any mockers since you've been a Christian? A lot of them are in your family, right? Yeah, a lot of them are in your family. It could be mom, dad, brother, sister. But it said, it says they're gonna come in the last days with their mocking, listen to this, falling after their own human desires. Verse four, saying, where is the promise of his coming? What has become of it? So there are gonna be individuals, we are not, there, there are going to be, there are, right? Individuals saying, where's the promise of his coming? You know, when is it gonna happen? And then they say, for even since our fathers, you know, since people they know have fallen asleep, all things have continued exactly as it did from the beginning, right? They're like, you're saying Jesus is going to return. When is he going to return? Everything's been going on for years as it's been. Verse five, for they willingly forget the fact that the heavens existed, that number one, listen to this, they, they, they willingly uh, forget the fact that number one, that the heavens existed long ago by the word of God and the earth was formed out of the water and by water was formed, right? Out of the water. So they forget that, of course, in the beginning Genesis, what darkness moved upon the face of the water, you know, the spirit of the Lord moved on the face of the water and darkness was upon uh, the face of the, of the deep. And God spoke, and he divided the, what, the, the, the light from the darkness, the water from the land. He split it, right? So that was the first time. Okay, that's the beginning. So, so things been as they were, nothing's changed. So let's look back at Genesis. Okay, so we saw that the earth was covered in water. Then God split the water from the land. That's number one. So that's how it started. Then the next verse, verse 6. Though God created it, listen, is number two. The world at that time was destroyed by, by being flooded with water. So they say things continue as they are, yet it says they forget the fact that God, the, the earth was formed totally with water. Think about that, y'all, totally with water. God divided the, the water from the land. Then, so that changed. Then he, it says the world was destroyed by the flood. So we already see the change. You can look at archaeology, archaeologists and history and science to show there was a flood. So things haven't been as they've been. We've seen change. So number one, we see the earth was covered in water. Number two, uh, it was destroyed by a flood. So those people who mock you that say everything's been, no, God formed the, the, the earth. He separated the, the water from the land and then he flooded it again, right? Because how many of y'all know if God didn't hold back the water, we would be destroyed, that ocean is pretty big, right? So, but he did destroy it by water. Verse 7, by, but by his word, the present heavens and the earth are being, now let me go to number 3. Okay, so the world was destroyed by water. 
verse 7, but by his word, number 3. And I divide these up because I want you to see the points, right? Because sometimes we read the scripture, but not, we need to slow down and say, okay, number, number 1 in verse, what was that, 5? The, world, world, the earth was covered in water. Verse 6, he destroyed it with a flood. Verse 3. I'm sorry, number three, but by his word, verse seven, number three, but by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire. Y'all hear me? Are y'all getting this? I'm taking my time because so many times we rush, <laughs> but you didn't come to church to be rushed. Some people do, and I'm not gonna take all that, but I want you to get this, okay? Because it says people will mock you saying, since our fathers fell asleep, our grandma died, the prophets of the Old Testament died, because the devil know the word. He quoted the word with Jesus. Remember I talked about temptation? Go back and look at the message I preached on temptation. He quoted scripture to Jesus. So our grandmother died, this person died, this prophet said this, people said the world's gonna come to an end in 2000. Anybody hear that when 2000 came? H2O, the world's gonna end. Well, we're still here. <laughs> so people have been saying he's coming, but he hasn't come. So, but number three, it said in verse seven, it says, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire. So that's, that's the third thing that God has promised. So I want you to be clear when you hear people mocking you about your faith and say, God hasn't done anything. You know, I haven't seen God move, but he created the heavens and the earth. Then the, the earth was destroyed with water. Why? Because of people's disobedience. And then the third thing it says he's going to do uh, is destroy with fire. And it says, reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly people. Who are ungodly people? Those not living their lives to please God. Those not living their lives in obedience to God. Let's go to verse 8. Nevertheless, do not let this one fact escape you. But, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is like 1,000 years, and 1,000 years is like one day. Like, don't, don't, don't get it twisted. To God, see, we can't even comprehend eternity. To God, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. But get this, your day could be any day. When my husband and I, when we think about, my husband and I just spoke to Bishop Hutchins, and, and, I, and I know God gave me this word out of, of course, what occurred to him, because Certain things happen and, and, it, and, it, and it pushes you uh, to, to re be reminded of the day you're in. Because sometimes we get so caught up in our lives and what we're going through and our mundaneness of every day and we forget the big picture. You know, we forget the big picture. You know, so again, we can't comprehend eternity when the, when the Bible says in verse 8, to the Lord, one, uh, one day is as a thousand years, a thousand years, one day. So we don't know the day or the hour, right? But when I think about bishops passing, and, this, and my husband just spoke to him. We were supposed to have a fellowship this past Thursday. He just spoke to him like a, that Friday. He passed on Monday. You know, um, and, 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 you know, we didn't know that he, he, sickness, nothing going on in his life, nothing. He wasn't a sickly person. We didn't hear he ever let miss the service because of sickness. He may have been preaching somewhere, but not because of sickness. Do you understand? So sometimes the Lord wants us to be reminded that one day with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years of one day. Verse nine, the Lord does not delay as though he were unable to act. 
Uh-huh. God's delaying in, in, in not judging us and not moving and people mocking us and saying, oh, you're being a Christian for this long. Next year, I'll be uh, committed to God uh, in August uh, 2023 for 40 years. 40 years. Amen? 40 years. I've been serving God. All right? 40 years. Still being perfected. Still being perfected. Still yielding. Still growing. Amen? Um, but it says, uh, they act as though he can't do anything. They mock you. They pick at you. They ridicule you. You know, you try to, the, the Holy Spirit may give you a word for someone that's, you know, not where they need to be and not living out the word. And, you know, and they say they know God. Because everybody, a lot of people say they know God these days. You know, um, but I can, I can party. I can, I can live the way I want to live. I don't, I don't have to be committed in covenant marriage. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. You know, um, I, I, can, I can go to church. I can abuse my wife. I can do this. I can do that. They're not getting away with anything. Do you hear me? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to that later. Hold that thought. But I want you to be reminded that God is merciful. God is loving. And again, he sent these kind of messages because we, he wants us to be reminded of where we need to be. So verse 9 again, the Lord does not delay as though he were unable to act and is not slack, some of your Bibles say, as some men count slackness, or is not slow. But going back to he promised, that promise again, um, but he is extraordinarily patient towards you. Not wishing for any to perish, when we say perish, to die in your sins, but for all to come to repentance. So some people say, you know, the Lord is slack. He's slow. And you know, you hear some say, Lord, come Lord Jesus, come, come. Because, yeah, they're right, they feel, but they want everybody else to die. Now, if you have that mindset, you got to ask yourself the question, are you where you need to be? And I used to be there, Lord knows, dogmatic, hard, you know, because when you first get saved, I mean, you're a babe. So, you, you know, you're telling everybody they're going to hell. You're telling everybody they need to get right. Because really, you, you know that they can be lost, and you want them to get right. And you do want him to come, and of course we want him to come, right? And you can only say that if you're ready to go. Because I want to say this, and I said, Holy Spirit, remind me of this as I'm teaching. I remember a point in my life when I was afraid to go to sleep at night. I was afraid to go to sleep because I was fearing if I closed my eyes, I would not wake up. And if I closed my eyes, I, I know I wouldn't ready to go to heaven. And I really didn't know, understand how to get to heaven. You understand what I'm saying? So I said, Holy Spirit, today make this word crystal clear. Because sometimes we see church as, you know, just a religious ritual, something I got to do to ease my conscience, you know, and not because I'm committed to Christ and I want to draw close to him in a community of like-minded believers, right? That's why you should come to church, because I'm committed to Christ and I'm, I want to be in a community of like-minded believers. I'm not, I'm still growing I'm still striving to please God daily. So I want to be around people that are going to provoke me to good works, right? Because you can't holler and shout on your job. You may uh, sing worship music under your breath on your job, <laughs> but you can't be singing like you're doing worship on your job. They're going to carry you out and put you in a straitjacket somewhere. I'm being honest, in this day and time, I mean, 
The world is so wicked that they look at you singing to God and, and just so happy and rejoicing. As you were saying, Karen, you just smile and they don't even know how to receive you because you're happy. Because they're bitter, they're angry, they're upset. And I'm going to get to that too. Why we shouldn't be like that as Christians. Right? We should have a difference. There should be a difference among us. So, uh, he's extraordinarily patient towards you and, and not wishing that anyone would perish to die in their sins, but for all to come to repentance. God is extremely patient with us. I mean, have you ever did something or you just thought you were just had arrived in your walk? <laughs> I'm telling you, after 39 years of being a Christian, I felt that way, Elder Hall. I felt that way, you know. And just feel, and then you just, something happened, somebody rub you wrong or something was said or just something happened and you do something that was not godly and the Holy Spirit like, oh, see, you, got, you still got some growing to do. Don't get self-righteous. That's why you're still on the earth because you're not ready to go. Have anybody been there? Amen. He will, he will show you you. He will show you you because so many times we point fingers at everybody else. What we always say to God, how many is looking at us? At least three. <laughs> so he will show us ourselves. So we don't have time to be self-righteous. And can I tell y'all this? Every trial and every test that I have been through in life. I'm grateful God didn't tell me what I had to go through, Felicia. But can I tell you this? Woo, I said, Lord, you know you had to kill this flesh. Because it, it humbled me. It, it got me where I need to be in him. Do y'all hear me? Because God will use your husband. He will use your child. He will use somebody on your job. He will use your mother. He will use your sibling. He will use whoever is needed in your life to get you where you need to be. And sometimes people don't understand why you're in this test or why you're in this wilderness. Why are you taking Why? They may not know, but you know what God is doing in you. You know how God is purging you. You know how God is sharpening you. You know where God is taking you. You may not understand it all the time, but any test you're going through, any sickness, any trouble, any trauma, he's getting you where he wants you to be. It's not to kill you. It's not to kill you. It's not to kill you. And if you're in a situation, you feel threatened, you need to leave that. And pray, God, make a way of, for me to escape. Make a way for me to get out of that. Amen? So I'm not saying you're in a, in a place where you're being threatened as far as uh, abused physically and, and all that, and, and you're there. I'm not saying stay in a place where you're, uh, 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 you can't live out your walk. You, you know someone's hindering you from pleasing God in your walk. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that God will give you the strength to handle it because he's extraordinarily patient towards us according to the Amplified Bible. All right, verse 10. And this is one of my, my main focus verse, and I'm, I'm about to wrap it up, y'all. Are y'all getting something out of this? Verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Okay? The day of the Lord will come like a thief. So when we look at the word thief, because I had to look at that, I said thief. I sometimes read stuff in the Bible, when we look at a thief, that's somebody that's still, right? But a thief is someone who steals and takes secretly, unexpectedly, without being seen. That's a thief. 
Someone who comes in and he takes and steals secretly, unexpectedly, without being seen. And I was like, okay, a thief. So what, what's the difference between a thief and a robber, God? But a robber is someone who steals and takes uh, from someone by threat or violence, by force. That's a robber. You know what I'm saying? So a thief, that person come up, I wanted to demonstrate it. That person come up and may pick your uh, pocket, you don't know, may go in your house, using the bathroom by your room and go in your room, going through your drawers, took your stuff, you go in there, where's that ring? Where's, that's a thief. You know, but a robber is violent. They like stick them up, stick them up. Not only will they stick you up, it may hit you over the head with a gun, may take from you, but that's violent. But, G, but, 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 but the Lord said, I'm coming like a thief. <clears throat> he said, secretly, unexpectedly, and without being seen. So, it says he's extraordinarily patient with us. Wow. Because he's coming like a thief. Guess what? I guarantee you that most people, even if you're sick and you're on your deathbed, you expect to get up. You expect to recover. So even when you're sick, I mean, you, you may, because you, I think about, I go back to my sister. I talked to my sister that Sunday, she went to the hospital that Monday, early Monday morning, she flatlined, they brought her back. She was in a coma for about four days. It responded, you know, took, took the two that she would move and she was gone in a week. I talked to her Sunday night. She was gone in a week, but she flatlined that Monday, early Monday morning. Hmm. My sister literally lived, she worked in the hospital that Thursday as a nurse supervisor. Three days before she flatlined and they brought her back. She had a rare kidney disease for 26 years. Okay, I never saw her sick in the hospital. I mean, I saw her sick in the hospital, but I never saw her not, not able to talk until that moment. But let me tell you, she lived like she was not gonna die. The disease didn't stop her from being faithful to her church. The disease did not stop her from being uh, faithful to her family. The disease did not stop her from being faithful to her God. The disease did not stop her from being faithful to her, uh, to her um, uh, uh, just loving and being the person that God had called her to be. So when I think about a thief, even though the Bible says he's coming like a thief, the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. As I stated earlier when I started my message, He's coming to rapture his church like a thief in the night. But we don't know when our day is. You don't know when your day is. All right? And it says, and, and it says he's coming like a thief, and then the heavens will vanish with a mighty thunderous roar. And the material, the elements, will be destroyed with intense heat. Right? And the earth and the works that are on it will be burned up. You hear that? The elements will be destroyed with an intensity and the earth and the works that are on it will be burned up. Excuse me, let me say this. When I think about, the Bible says, roars and rumors of wars, and I'm still in Luke, y'all. I know the last time I spoke, if you anybody remember, I've been in Luke. It's just so powerful, more detail of the gospels. And I was reading how it be signs in heavens above and earth beneath, in the sun and the moon and the stars in the book of Luke. And it said how um, the roaring of the sea and the earth 
And it said, people's heart would fail them for fear and looking after the things coming upon the earth. Their hearts would fail them because they're looking at the thing. They're so looking, instead of at God, they're looking at everything going on in the world. They said their hearts are going to fail them for fear because they're so focused on what's going on in the world, in government. Yeah, you pray for our government. We pray for everything. We pray for those in authority. But your eyes are so set on what's going on and on CNN and Fox that you forget the scriptures to focus on God, right? And you know, when I read about this, 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 uh, about the elements are going to be burned with heat, the firmaments. I think about the war in Ukraine and them thinking, they're talking about, because I do look at the news sometimes, but bombing the nuclear plants and things of that nature. Now, if I was not a Christian, if I was not prayed up, I would walk in fear. Do I want that to happen as a Christian? No. Do I pray against that as a Christian? Yes. But when, but when you read these scriptures talking about it's going to be burned up, and I'm, and I'm thinking, okay, because we think fire come down from heaven, could it be a nuclear bomb? I mean, could it be that? We don't know. We don't know. But guess what? The Lord wants us to be ready. The Lord wants us to be ready. And I haven't given you my subject to it for today. <clears throat> I want you today to uh, be ready. Now, I don't do I want you to be ready, but I want you to stay ready. Are you hearing me? I want you to be ready, and I want you to stay ready. The why behind this word from the Lord today is for you to be ready for Christ's return for his people, his return for you. For those who have committed their lives to the Lordship and strive daily to live for him. For those who have committed their lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and, Christ and, and strive daily to live for him, I want you to be ready. That's the why. I want you to live in expectation of Christ's return daily. No matter what you're going through, no matter how you feel, because sometimes days I have funky days. I'll be in certain moods and I'll be like, Lord, help me. <laughs> have mercy on me. The Bible says new mercies every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Bible says in this flesh dwells no good thing. Stop depending on your flesh. And say, Lord, have mercy on me. God, give me strength to live for you by your Holy Spirit. We lean so much on our intellect. We lean so much on our feelings and our emotions. And we got to say, God, help me to leave out this house this day to get out this bed with a good attitude. Help me to walk in love. Help me to be a light. Help me to show your glory to this dying world. Send someone my way. Send me someone's way to share this great gospel. Because I can't do it on my own. So I want you to live in expectation as Christ, expectation of Christ's return daily. So even though he's coming like a thief in the night, secretly, unexpectedly, you stay ready to be taken by him. Amen? You stay ready. So not only do I want you to be ready, I want you to stay ready. He knows how to say get ready. 
But some of y'all may need to get ready. Some of y'all need to get ready. You know, some of y'all need, you, you know where you are. And we're going to have a time at the altar today. You know where you are in your walk. You know God has been dealing with you about some things in your life, some, some changes, some decisions. You may need to get ready, but that's okay. Because as you get ready, you're going to be ready. And then when, you, when you're ready, when you, as you're, you're, you're being ready, you're going to stay ready. God, help me to stay ready. Amen? So, verse 11 says, since all these things are to be destroyed, in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? So God didn't just send us the word, wow. So he gives us the word, and then he tells us, okay, this is, what I, this is what's gonna happen, now this is what I need you to do. So he's telling you, he's telling us, I'm coming like a thief in the night, unexpected. You don't know when I'm coming. You don't know. And like I told you, a thief comes secretly, unexpectedly. He's coming. And so, but he said, this is the kind of people I want you to be. Number one, he says, and this is in verse uh, 11. He says, he wants us to be holy and amplify. And this is a pattern of life, uh, a daily life that sets you apart as a believer. He wants you to be holy. Again, a pattern of life that sets you apart as a believer. As I said, we have our certain bits. Some of us have, you know, struggle with our attitudes. Some of us struggle just with just different struggles. You know what you struggle with, okay? You have different bents. You have different temptations. All of us do. But he said that your, it says your holy behavior. But did, what you, did you notice what it didn't say? It didn't say um, holy behavior. That's in your Bible, right? It didn't say um, how long your skirt was. It didn't say whether you have on makeup or not. It didn't say how often you go to church. It didn't say um, just some of these things that we try to measure because we go to church, what did I say early? We go to church because we want to uh, uh, fellowship with different other like-minded believers to draw closer to God, to be able to worship God like we want to. We, we can worship God in our homes, amen? But to come in this setting, sometimes you don't even feel like singing. Sometimes you can't even talk. But when you come in this atmosphere and just stand in the presence of God, because the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy, and in his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Sometimes to get in this atmosphere, I walked in church and I felt so heavy and I got in the atmosphere of worship. I got in the atmosphere of worship. And I was sit, I mean, I felt like talking to anybody that day, but just to see somebody else on my right and my left behind me in front of, front of me, worshiping God, gave me strength and hope and reminded me of the great God that I served. It reminded me of the mighty God that I served. And I refreshed. And I'm encouraged to go out and live this walk. I'm encouraged to go out and be a light. Because sometimes we forget why we come to church. It's to receive strength. It's to help build God's ministry, to build God's people. And it's to receive. Because sometimes you don't know what you're dealing with, but you can hear a word and hit your very situation. So that's why. So again, so that's why we come to church. 
But it didn't emphasize how you look on the outside. It didn't emphasize all that. Because God gave me a revelation years ago. He said, sometimes our outward look is our holiness. If I, if I have a certain attire on, if I have a certain look, because uh, I've been up to people like, oh, you're a Christian? No. Because they didn't have on no makeup. They had a long skirt on. They may have had a hat on. And I'm like, oh, you're a No. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I want to say, you sure do look like one, but. <laughs> but guess what? It's not in the look, right? Right? But, but God was like, that, the Holy Spirit showed me. He said, but that's their holiness. Because they can look that way. Okay. Praise God. They can look that way. They, they, they said, I come to church. I hadn't missed a service in all these years. And act like they're full of the devil. Are you hearing me? So I'm not saying anything wrong with anybody wearing skirts. I'm not saying any of that. You don't want to wear a skirt pants. It don't matter because that don't make you holy, right? It's your, it's your walk before God. My thing is how you treat people. My daughter and I was having a conversation the other day, and she was just talking about just the behavior of the saints. Sometimes just the, how people act, how we act, how we carry ourselves. And again, all of us have our moments. We're going we gonna to get off sometime. But guess what? When we're around somebody that may get off or, or, or act a certain way, you can say, sister, you know, I'm praying for you because you, I'm praying for you, you know, because there's something wrong. You know, you just, are you okay? You know, I'm praying for you. Because at the end of the day, it's not okay just to be nasty and cantankerous and unloving as Christians. It's sometimes, and I'm learning this, sometimes you ain't got nothing good to say. Don't say nothing. I had sent out a text to someone the other day, and um, the person called me back and said, you know, this, with this line right here that you said, it could have been taken wrong. Da, 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 and they were on the phone defensive. I was, and you know what I said? You are right. I apologize. I didn't mean it that way. Totally diffused, because I didn't. Uh, maybe a little bit. Um, <laughs> but when they said, oh, you're wrong, I was like, you're right. I could have added this and said it another way. You're right. I was like, forgive me. And I meant it, y'all, but you know. Okay, pray, pray for me. Um, so it said, uh, in holy behavior, that, that is the pattern of our daily life that sets you apart as a believer, and then in, in godliness. So he says, what kind of people ought you to be? What was number one? Number two, it said holy, it said be holy in your Bible. Amplified said holy behavior, okay? Number two, it says in what? In, in godliness. In your Bible, does it say godliness? In godliness. In godliness, uh, it says displaying profound reverence toward our awesome God. Displaying this uh, profound reverence toward our awesome God. So number one is, he said, what kind of people you ought to be is to be what? Holy. And then number two is what? Godly. Verse 12, while you earnestly look for and await the coming day of the Lord. Wow. Wow. So he told us two things to do. And of course, we got a lot more detail in the scriptures, right? But two specific things, he tells us what? To be what? And what? Godly. It says, for on this day, the heavens will be destroyed by burning. The coming of the day of the Lord. He said the heavens will be destroyed by burning. And the, material, and the elements will melt with intense heat. 
verse 13, but, but in accordance with his promise, we expectantly await new heavens and new earth in which righteousness dwells. Verse 14, so beloved, since you are looking forward to these things, huh? Anybody looking forward to Christ's return? Anybody? Amen. I'm glad I am now. Yes. Amen. But there was a time, Lord, I knew I wasn't ready. Beloved, since you are looking, and guess what? If you're not ready today, we're going to pray because I want you to get ready. I want you to get ready so you can be ready. Then you can stay ready. Beloved, since you are looking forward to these things, it says, listen, be diligent. Y'all hear that? Be diligent and make every effort to be found of him at his return, spotless and blameless in peace. Wow. So he said, what kind of people want us to be? Number one, holy. Number two, godly, right? And then he said, verse 14, looking forward to these things. He wants it to be what? We might as well say three, be diligent. And he said, make every effort to be what? Spotless and blameless. And then he said, what? In peace. And, it's a, and, and peace, it means inwardly calm with a sense of spiritual well-being, confidence, having, a, 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 having lived a life of obedience to him. Wow. Y'all see that? It says, in peace. Well, it's on my page. Okay, amplified. In peace, that is, it says, inwardly calm. So if you're looking at this world and you are in turmoil, if you're living in fear, you're not in peace. If you're looking at your circumstances, and we're all going to have a moment of, you know, you get stressed and agitated. There's a good, uh, stress can be good sometimes, like an expectation, but not worry. That's lack of faith. But if you don't have peace in your life, it says an inward calm, a sense of spiritual well-being and confidence. Um, that's a problem because he, he said he wanted us to find us spotless, blameless, and in peace. And I want to pray for your peace today having lived a life of obedience to him. Verse 15, as I close, and consider the patience of the Lord. Listen to this. And consider the patience of the Lord as salvation. That is allowing time for more people to be saved. Hallelujah. And consider the patience of the Lord while he has delayed his judgment, while he has allayed avenging wrong? Are y'all hearing that? What is the patience of the Lord? He, 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 he hasn't judged the earth yet, the whole earth. He hasn't avenged the wrong yet, the whole earth. Consider his patience, salvation, allowing for people to get saved. Why are we still here? Why are you still here? Because God, there are souls that still need to be saved. Even as we look, as we transition to the North Lake area, maybe in the, uh, 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 as we transition to the area, we want to be more visible for people to see us because at the end of the day, we are here for the lost. If you're saved, you should be about winning sinners. Yeah, I want you to pray for me. Yeah, I'm going to have my moments of, of feeling discouraged at times by the news you get and just the enemy fighting you because we have a real enemy. It's the devil. Does he use people? Yes. God uses people and the devil does too. 
Does he use people? Yes, he does. But I want you to know that if you are walking in obedience to God, if you are walking uh, uh, faithful to his word, if you are walking holy and, and serving him and godly, you don't have to, you're, you're ready. You're ready. You're ready to go back with him when he's coming. You're ready. Hallelujah. You're ready. My last scripture as I close. You can stand to your feet. Amen. Amen. Because I'm going to pray. We're going to have a moment. We're going to sit down again. And then I want these uh, individuals to share. Amen. As you're standing to your feet, because I want to pray. Our last scripture, Psalms 53, verse 23. And those of you who want to write this down, please write this down, because this is a powerful verse of scripture. Psalms 53, verse 23 says, it says, cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Wow. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Hallelujah. Let's give God some praise. Let's give God some praise. He's coming like a thief, y'all. He's coming like a thief. We don't know the day, we don't know the hour when our Lord is going to return, but he wants us to be ready. He wants us to be ready so we can stay ready. But guess what? There may be some here today, <clears throat> you, you need to get things in order in your life. You need to, uh, you're not where you need to be in your walk with God. You've left God. You're not in obedience to God. And you, and you need someone to touch and agree with you that, God, just give me strength to be where I need to be. Give me strength to be that person that you've desired me to be. The cause of sin is just pulling on you. Satan is taunting you. And that scripture, um, what I read earlier, um, when it talks about how the Lord is for, cause you to forget in Isaiah, forget the trouble you had in your youth, and he's for the widows. Sometimes Satan is always reminding us of our past to say what we can't be in him. And then you try to justify when he reminds you of your struggle, why you can't be where you need to be in God, right? I can't do this because this is how my people were. I can't do this because of this is what my people struggle with. No, because in God, if any man be in Christ, the Bible says you are a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But guess what? All of us are going to stand before the judgment seat of God. And we're going to get a count of everything we've done in life, how we lived out this life. Did we please God? Amen. With our life, with our walk, how, not, just, not just our coming to church. Yes, God wants to come to church. I told you why and reminded you why you should come to church. But church coming, being, coming, being a church goer does not save you. Singing on a praise hymn does not save you. Playing an instrument does not save you. Working in the church does not save you. Only a committed life saying, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I don't want to be lost. Come into my heart and save me. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And because of that, I can be saved. I repent of all of my sins. I ask you to forgive me, God, of all of my sins. And some of us need to rededicate our lives back to God. You've been through tests. You've been through trials. You've, you've, you've gone through. And you're like, I'm just drained. And I don't even know if I'm in God anymore. You shouldn't even question. You know what I'm saying? You have those questions. I've been there. 
But you need to reaffirm your faith, right? You need to reaffirm your faith to God. You need to reaffirm your faith to God. So I'm going to pray the sinner's prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer. And if someone needs further prayer at the altar, I want you to meet me at the altar. But I, I want to pray the sinner's prayer. I want, want you to repeat after me. And if there's anybody watching online, to our online viewers, we welcome you into the service. And, uh, and as the, the title of the message is, Be Ready, Stay Ready. But today I'm, I'm about to pray. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to pray with you today that you receive him as your Savior and Lord. He loves you with an everlasting love. And it says, the word says he, uh, uh, he's patient with us because he don't want anybody to perish, but everyone comes to know him. So I want to pray today that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will pray this prayer with us in this sanctuary today. I want you to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I don't want to be lost. Come into my heart and save me. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe you sent him to down the cross for all of my sins. And because he died, I can live. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Lord, I repent for all of my wrongdoing. Lord, I ask you to forgive me today. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Lord, take control of my life and help me walk in obedience to your word. In Jesus' name, amen.